Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. It's a young, hot, sexy Dumbledore. Jake tested, gay approved. Yes, because I love to listen to myself. Oh my god, that's totally new information. I thought about Googling it, and then I decided I don't give a crap. Sweet, sweet lovin'. Hello, and welcome back to the Brotherhood of Batman. I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I produce this mess. Thanks for tuning in for a special episode. I'm Jake. I'm the middle brother. I'm the one that came up with the crazy list of comics that we read through each week when we're doing uh, our normal thing. Hello, hello, hello. This is Benjamin, your sunshine into Gotham and the baby brother. This is the Brotherhood of Batman, a podcast where three brothers get together to talk about lovely comic book stuff, mostly Batman. Today, we're doing something a little different, and we actually have special guests all the way from the East Coast. I'd like to introduce Nicole, Rolando, and Eddie from Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. Hey, Hi, guys. Welcome. Hey. 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 Hi. How are awesome. You? It's glad to be here. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? I'll let Rolando take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. We are the hosts and uh, producer of Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality, basically. You have three uh, LGBTQ Latinx uh, millennials here who like to compare, uh, at least like to talk about Hollywood's obsession with, uh, you know, rehashing our nostalgia, right? Trying to make a quick buck sometimes. You know, we noticed when we were developing the podcast that like one of the things that Hollywood likes to do is like gender swap or like introduce queer characters. And I think me and Nicole were just like, sometimes, you know, yeah, you have these characters that might be Hispanic or, you know, the male might not be a female, but it's just like, you do nothing with it. And it's just like, why even bother? So I don't know. We're just criti- criticizing Hollywood. Sweet. Yeah, pretty is much. Yeah. Is that a pretty, I think that's a pretty <laughs> apt description of our podcast. That was beautiful. That was yeah. beautiful. And we actually uh, partnered up with you guys a year and a half ago. And that was yeah. a lot of fun. So thanks no. for having us. And we're excited to finally get to have you guys. Absolutely. And this is very weird yeah. on our end over here because Ben's actually taking like the lead on this. And it's really odd as I'm just watching him <laughs> try to, to try to direct this whole thing. So my stick is being not professional and I'm like poised. I have good posture. They're looking at me like, what the hell? <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you guys. Love to get your perspective. And today we are going to be going over the Justice League movie. Specifically, both of them. We're going to go over the Joss Whedon one from what? 2017? I don't know. Yep. 2017. Perfect. Look at that. Knowledge. And then the Zack Snyder four hour long version. So uh, before we get into that, though, we would love to get to know you guys a little better with a segment we like to call Week and Geek, which is you just talk about a little something fun that you did that's weeky and geeky. Stop talking about comic books or what do you think you're doing, nerd? Stop spending Get those nerds! Geek. 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 I'm the Batman of geeks, bitch. Ah, so, Jake, how about you start? 
Oh, all right. Uh, well, in preparation for the show, I wanted to um, I wanted to watch another movie that was a remake and was directed by the director that we're going to be talking about a lot today. Joss Whedon. Uh, <laughs> no, the other one. Did you watch some Avengers? No, I did not. I watched uh, last night. I watched the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead by Zack Schneider. Um, Which so, is one of my favorite remakes. Yeah, yeah. I actually I saw so that one before the original one. Um, I, I yeah, prefer Shaun here. of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I think most people do. <laughs> do you all have an episode of Dawn of the Dead? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. We have it, right? Uh, we talked about it when we did, I think, an uh, episode where we were just like, I think we were either answering fan mail or we were. Uh, just like shooting the shit a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse here, guys? Sorry. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> no, okay. this is a clean, kid-friendly uh, show. Right. Um, I'm the reason that we don't let the nieces or nephews listen to the podcast. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. I, so, but we did. I did touch upon like why I, I think it's one of my favorite remakes. So maybe one Halloween, like one October, we'll cover for for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it was. We did a whole episode where we ranked our top three movie remakes, and I think that was like your second or your first for Long It might be my. It might be my second or my first. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For it sure. was. Yeah, uh, I stand by that one. It was fun. My wife has never seen it, so we uh, we sat on the couch and watched that one last night. And it's the movie. I don't know if either uh, Ben and um, I don't Aaron believe know. I've seen it. It's I what, have uh, obviously not seen it. It's Snyder's first big. <laughs> Uh, Hollywood movie. Oh, is Batman fine. in it? Yeah. Uh, Batman yeah. is not. A couple no, Watchmen actors are in that one that he brought on later on, but uh, it uh, it's fun. It's it's like uh, Romero's movies where it's a, a lot of social commentary inside of a gore fest. Did so. your wife stay awake is my real question. Surprisingly, Sarah did stay awake for the entire movie, and I even remarked on that at the end of it. I'm like, wait a minute. So you fall asleep during like <laughs> high-quality cinema, and <laughs> this movie, you stay awake for two hours at 11 o'clock. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nicole and Rolando and Eddie, if you guys don't know, Jake's wife is my best friend. They actually met through me. So he, like, he will take credit Aww. for that at any opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's yep. cool. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does one of you want to go ahead with your weekend geek? Just uh, something, sure. something nerdy and fun you did. Nicole. Nicole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, well, this week has been like crazy in terms of my workload. So I, I was like working a lot and then I was watching, you know, like, eight hours of Justice League stuff. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but still. Uh, uh, not so, actually, <laughs> so my geek out, uh, my weekend geek actually involves a book that my girlfriend is currently reading. Now, there is a book out there called Song of Achilles. I don't know if you guys know about it. Song of the Achilles? Achilles? Yes. Achilles. Song of Achilles. And it, it's pretty much the story of, you guys know the warrior Achilles, right? From Greek uh-huh. mythology, from yeah. the Trojan War. So actually, if you've ever seen Troy, have, has everyone seen Troy? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think so. That had naked Brad Pitt, right? It had, Basically, had naked, almost yeah, naked, yes. Button, yes. Yeah. Well, so you might get a little bit of the lore of Achilles from that movie, but there's actually a couple things that they left out, and Song of Achilles goes into that, which is actually that he was in a romantic relationship with this man named Patrocles. So it pretty much tells this this romantic story of Achilles and this man who actually is the reason 
it's like if you know the story of Achilles and you know how he like dies and all this stuff, it's because <laughs> of the death of his lover and all this stuff. So, you know, it's a beautiful book about this gay romance between two old Greek mythology, mythological uh, figures. Nice. So my girlfriend's just been reading me portions from it, and we've been, like, casting them in our heads, and it's, like, hilarious how, at the end of the day, I just can't get Brad Pitt as Achilles and his butt out of my head anytime <laughs> she mentions this book. Relatable. I mean, um, also feel the same way, so. Yes, <laughs> right? <pretty> funny. <laughs> Which sucks, because, actually, Achilles was, like, 21, not like a grown ass Brad Pitt man, but whatever. Oh, anyway, getting to know that. Bit, so yeah, yeah, we're learning a lot actually through her as she reads this book, which I will be reading very soon because it just it sounds like this beautiful romance novel that I just have to read. So, yeah, that's a uh, really book good. recommendation also if you're into Greek mythology and you want to read a nice little love story. Nice, and that's it. Awesome. You did a great job. Good first week in Geek. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'll go ahead. And uh, mine kind of involves uh, my wife and my significant other as well. Uh, She has, for some reason, started watching um, this Formula One racing show on Netflix. It's like a reality show. And she started watching it a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, why are you watching this racing show? And then she finished it last night. And I watched a few with her here and there. Like horses? no, like race cars, like, like boom, boom. Formula One race cars Your in wife? Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she, this is like totally like never does anything sports related, race related, anything. And she's watching it, and we were watching the last episode, and she's like, "Oh, I hate that team and that guy. He's he's terrible." I'm like, "Why are you talking about race cars? This is so bizarre." <laughs> and she's like, knowing the difference between the Red Bull team and this other team. I'm like who are you? And I'm looking at her like, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Quarantine has gone on too long. It, apparently. it, it has, it, it yeah. really has. But no, so that was just funny. But then I did finish season one of, uh, the Harley Quinn, uh, animated series on HBO max, which if you guys have not watched that, it's fantastic. And I highly recommend it. Ooh. So it's a, uh, it's a good wow. time. I Eddie, you were watching that, right? That was a yeah. thing. Yeah. It, it's yeah, really cool. It's really funny, really well done. Uh, a lot of good actor, voice actors in it, and um, it's not for kids, but you know that's fine. Right. So, do you like it, Eddie? Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hardy Quinn character. So, same. I, we um, unfortunately yeah, don't get to talk present. about her much on this podcast because we haven't met her in our timeline continuity. So, uh, <laughs> another <laughs> shtick we have is I'm trying to sneak her in and they won't let me. So, <laughs> thank you for bringing it up, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. When of you guys want to go? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, oh nice. Oh, you go. Sorry. Uh, okay, so what I've been doing, well, since me and my husband share a lot of nerdy things together, um, so I let him have what we did last night, but uh, the game. Oh, uh, but uh, so I've been playing this game uh, called Life is Strange. And it's uh, actually it, it's a uh, this supposed to be three yeah it's supposed to be a trilogy. Not, not per se the story is connected, uh, but it's just the same idea across the board. Uh, but I'm playing the second the second installment. Is it a video game? Actually, yeah, it's a video game. Is it kind of like grayscaleish? Is that what I'm thinking? Like, is the graphics no. kind of no? Okay, I'm thinking something else. No, no, it's, it's very it's very bright. Uh, but it's kind of like kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah like decisions. Oh, yeah, cool. those yeah. Telltale games. That's yeah, what it's most like. Yeah, and it's like what what you determine at that moment um, can change the outcome of the game. Yeah. 
so it's 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 pretty cool. I, I like the element that it's uh it's two um it, it's two Latino brothers, and they're mm. going cross cross country because they um got involved with the situation with the cops. Uh oh. And it is the first time the younger brother's ability, his telekinetic abilities, express themselves. Oh, wow. that's cool. In a, in a horrific way, they ended up killing somebody. So now his older brother's trying to protect them as they flee cross country. What uh, what system so wait, is it for? I'm sorry, it's for uh, ask, yeah, yeah uh, PlayStation Four, but I'm playing it on five. Nice. Yeah, but it, it was cool. for PlayStation Four. Yeah, I just picked it up on like on the. Previously used rack. Yeah, name drop though that we do on a PS5. Yeah, that was a nice, nice little humble brag there. Yeah, Aaron just got to see mine for the first time. We only play on PS5. Sorry, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I do that to them as well with mine. So, well, there's a Telltale Batman game that's been on my uh, to-do list for a while. Yeah, it is good. I've only played the first one. I haven't played. I haven't gotten my hands on the the second one, which focuses on the Joker. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and yeah. I hear it's really, really interesting how they go with the Joker in that one. Cool. And all the options that you can do with it. Who's next? Oh, um, yeah. So that's a lovely segue. I like to talk about video games. So uh, thanks for that one, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, are you guys ready for Final Fantasy and Chocobos? Yes! that's all so- he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been I have been replaying the original Final Fantasy VII. Did any of you play that? No. No. no oh I, wow, I, that was I, a resounding I, silence. I'm a little sad. <laughs> I, I think I like them all a lot more now, Jay. Yeah. Oh, Welcome man. to the club, guys. Final Fantasy X, I think. Ten. Okay. I think I played that one. All right, that's respectable. This that's is respectable. a great time if you need to take a bathroom <laughs> break. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, so I've been playing through the original because the, the remake is a big thing on the PS4, which I will be getting to play on the 5 when they uh, uh-huh. update it. Shut Anyways, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I've been playing the original, and there is a famous uh, cross-dressing scene. And also a like gay club scene where the original char- where the main character gets basically taken advantage of by a bunch of bikini bears, pretty much. So I was oh. I was yeah I saved this for you guys because I wanted to <laughs> see uh, your perspective <laughs> on it because playing it as a kid I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> I think I'm gay, and then playing it now I'm like, oh, this is like rapey like this is bad so i was really impressed playing the remake where were your parents upstairs jake was on the couch being like ben this is gay (laughs) 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 so so playing the remake they took that scene and really like you know 2020 did and really made it um empowering and um you know there's a big statement about gender and you can wear what you want to wear and he like is it's not making fun of him in a dress. He actually gets more powerful in the dress, which is kind of cool. Um, but it was wild replaying the original and being like, oh, this is <laughs> this is very homophobic and this is not appropriate. But it was made in 1997, so things, unfortunately, right. yeah. But Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the thing with media, right? You When you're playing something old, it's just like you're thrown back into whatever the ideals and the culture was of that time period. And you had to just take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of the point of your podcast. So look at that, guys. I brought up Final Fantasy because sure. it relates to their podcast. Oh, Remakes, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been dying to try to do an episode where we re- we play a remake of a game. Do it. Because it's been popular as of late. Yeah. Oh, nice. But that would have to make us, you know, 
I feel like I don't know if I can get Nicole to buy a PlayStation just for. Well, I'll just <laughs> come over. That's true. That's true. We did talk about um, in in, the, in our news once about that they were doing a game remake. Uh, not a remake, but a, a, a kind sequel? of a continuation of the world of Groundhog Day. I remember that. Yeah, I wonder what happened with that. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. That was a yeah. yeah was, the game, yeah. like it's it, it's just. Uh, the character Bill, uh, Bill Murray's character's son returns to the town and has the same kind of same experience in the time loop. <laughs> that would be like, so frustrating to play through that. And and that that would be crazy. It sounds like such a weird, weird game, but you know they were developing it. So I, li- I like that movie. It gets better every time you see it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. don't don't give for him sure. credit. No. I'm, I'm a really well done film for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, All right. last one. I, I guess that leaves me with the last geek uh, geek in week. Uh, yeah. So I would say the usual geek in week that I've been doing is every Saturday and Sunday. I actually play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing two different games. Nice. Uh, one of them is Eddie. You're DMing one of them. Yeah. So the one on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we're in this uh, fantastical world of Eberron. I play a sorcerer. A wild magic sorcerer who is more chaotic than helpful, and I love it. And uh, and this other one that we're playing is actually Pokemon inspired, right? Like the DM what? is making us do like a Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, it's like so we're trainers and we're catching Pokemon and we're using them to combat. And then he's just applying the mechanics to D and D. Yeah, it's shockingly, uh... it sounds it's actually worked, huh. which is a, a shocker for me. And uh, yes, but that's my usual. That's my usual geeky thing that I do every week. The nice. most new thing that I've done that's geeky, though, is um, we just got a pug on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, while playing around, I think on Wednesday, I realized, like, oh, my God, baby pugs look like bats. Yeah. So <laughs> They're scrunchy little been, faces. Yeah. Yes. So I've been basically, I've just decided his voice is, like, Christian Bale's Batman. I just call him <laughs> like, I'm imagining a conversation with him or I'm having him, like, pretend to talk to Eddie. I'm just, like, I just get into Christian Bale. It's like, I'm bat pug. This is what I'm doing. I don't want water. Take me for a walk. That kind of stuff. So that is adorable. But that is my new geek in week. Nice, nice. Well, uh, Jake and I uh, are in a D and D group as well, and uh, my my character is a uh, rogue gnome who uh, conveniently in one of our last episodes sliced the Achilles on uh, the (laughs) of a little street rat and uh, got away with it. So that was that was good. So a little tie in there. Full circle. There were a lot of things referenced. Cool. I would just like to say that uh, my eyes bugged out a little when you mentioned Pokemon. So there you go. <laughs> they, they did. Yeah. Uh, there's a new uh, Pokemon Snap game coming out. Do you all ever play the original of that? I of course I played the original one, and I'm so curious to see how this will. I mean, the first one is so bad and it's so entertaining. Like it's just like all I hear is you saying it's amazing. I don't I don't <laughs> comprehend yeah. bad with Pokemon. I don't know what you mean, but it could even. <laughs> No, because I feel like even me at a young age, I realized, like, wow, like, this game ends, like, I think you can finish it in an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yet, you still are still there just playing it, taking pictures of Pokemon, seeing them in their natural habitats for Professor Oak. So, I'm curious to see. Hopefully, they include one on the second one. So, I'll probably, I will probably pick it up for the Nintendo Switch, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, uh, we all made a themed beverage here at the Brotherhood of Batman. I'm so sorry we got you the <laughs> ingredients last minute. Were you guys able to? I could not find. I could not find Parmo. Pomo. Yeah, I don't know what that Pomo. is. Uh, which is a pomegranate. It's pomegranate 
It's pomegranate liqueur. I looked it up. They spelled it wrong in the mix in the right. mixology yeah. thing and the page. I had to uh, look it up. I'm just like, uh, and it, yeah, it turns out it is pomegranate liqueur in this area. I could not find it, so I am bummed out. But it's okay because I I'm going boxing in like an hour uh, after this podcast. So nice, 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 nice. Well, Jake, you want to tell us about alcohol. the drink we're doing <laughs> yeah i mean it is early in the morning so i don't uh, fault anybody for not having one yet but uh <laughs> so uh the drink for this week uh inspired by snyder's version of the justice league movie is called slow motion um so mm. it's uh like rolando said it's pama which is a pomegranate liqueur it is uh bacardi rum uh, orange juice, pineapple juice, a little grenadine, uh, all mixed up. It's a little fruity punch for the morning, nice during the summer. <laughs> so nice. our East Coast friends, uh, you can't see, but Jake is fully like looking over at the counter to see the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Aww. I was really impressed that you weren't like looking at a list and then you see your eyes and I turn around. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but it's tasty. Yeah, I yeah I enjoy it. It's very good for a Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little breakfast cocktail, but uh... yeah. <laughs> it really, it's, I was looking at the ingredients. It sounds so refreshing. I was really, really looking forward to it. And then I remember this is like boxing. I can't. I'll be <laughs> next time. Next not be time. Happy. It can be a post-workout drink for you, Rolando. It'll be all right. Perhaps if I can find that pomo. Yeah, I, uh, it took me a while. I, uh, I we had to go to we have Total Wine and More here. I had to go down like six aisles to try to find it, and eventually. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 solution is probably going to be just to like take uh, pomegranate juice and just try to add a little vodka, stir that up. There you go. And then just like dig up. Yeah, that or just a little extra rum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Or add some extra rum. Yeah, that would, that would also work. All right, so the reason we are all here is to talk about two lovely movies, which I had never seen until this assignment, so I am very fresh. I watched both of them this week for the first and only time, (laughs) and we are, of course, talking about Justice League. So in the spirit of y'all's remake, reboot, revival, I'm so sorry. I had to make sure I had the order correct. (laughs) And y'all, in the spirit of that, um, how would you guys clarify this or classify this would it be a remake is it an original make no that's uh i I think that's a great question because i think me and nicole have actually talked about this on the podcast right even like in passing how do you classify this i think it counts as a remake uh or because it is a re-edit all right the only reason i think it's a it's fine to count this as a remake is only because the joss even just watching these the studio and joss Whedon interfered so much with the original cut that when you get the new one, it is like a completely, almost a different movie. Mm-hmm. So is the Joss and... Whedon movie the remake? Yeah, so, I will oh, say so that. that all right. That's fair. I um, Possibly, yeah. Well, I don't know, because they had to do reshoots for, 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 the, for, the, yeah. for the final cut of the, of, the, of the Snyder cut. So maybe. Yeah, and like, I mean, reshoots and stuff in like Hollywood and like re-editing, you know, it's it's so common. But on this level, it's just like it's. I feel like this is like a new level of that, <laughs> where it's more than just a director's cut. You know, yeah. Zack Snyder's right. version. I, it is kind of like a completely different film. Yeah, I'm um, impressed they were able to get so, all the superheroes back together that they were <laughs> available for that. Shut up, Aaron. Right. <laughs> well, this is all happening. A lot, of this, a lot of this is happening during the quarantine, so like they probably looked at it just like we're looking for work and just like, all right, oh, yeah, that's probably sure. true. Yeah, 
because uh, a lot of this picked up steam. Like, I guess people are just stuck at home. They're just like, you know what? What I really want, I want to sit on TV and watch four hours of Zack Snyder's original Justice League cut. And I, HBO caved. I can happily say that I have never been bored enough in quarantine to actually want to watch this movie. So, <laughs> uh, yes. So let's go ahead and talk about the original released one first, the Joss Whedon movie. Anybody want to give a fun little like 30 second recap of the movie? Ooh, that's a great task. If no one's up to it, I can try to do it. I always try to recap the movies. Yeah, yeah, go so for it. So we 100% were going to make you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. You sound so All professional right. and knowledgeable. So, um, let's see. I'll try to do the best I can. So Justice League, the, the original WB edit, takes us soon after Superman has died in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And uh, in this world, by the time the movie starts, uh, Batman is already aware that, like, there's something fishy going on that's intergalactic, planetary uh, madness. Uh, he's figured out that parademons are trying to invade Earth, so he's trying to gather up the superheroes of legend that he had discovered, had learned about, specifically Aquaman, The Flash, and Cyborg. And so him and Wonder Woman, who are the backbone of the of the of the original edit they are working together to try to recruit these people in order to uh save the world from the big bad stefan wolf and stefan wolf is since he's here on earth to conquer us he wants to use the mother boxes as a way to uh what's he trying to do he's trying he to was use born to be mother wild. Boxes. <laughs> yeah i don't know he he's just a big bad he wants to destroy us for some reason or yeah. take over or whatever uh, he gets the mother boxes, and uh, what he ends up doing is he ends up. Uh, oh, they end up discovering that. Oh my God, guys, we can re revive Superman. He'll help us defeat Second Wolf. They do. Superman goes crazy, but don't worry. He comes in to save the day at the end with everybody. So you know, that's it. That is my recap of. of that was uh, beautiful. See, Jake, that Thank is you. how you do a recap. You give knowledge, and then we talk my about recaps it. are perfect thank you very much do i much. need to read aaron for it yeah <laughs> I mean, I, I, i'm sure i missed i'm sure i missed some things but no that's <laughs> great thank you that's perfect um because yeah now we just want to talk about it so i first of all need to say that i grew up as a huge joss whedon fan i am very aware that it is no longer acceptable to be a huge joss whedon fan and that breaks my little heart but I same. just wanted to, you said same. Same. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I love Buffy, you know, and now yeah, I'm still going to continue watching Buffy, but it's just like, it's such a shame that he has tarnished his good name. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But this was sort of the beginning of his end. Um, I heard that this movie was trash, so I avoided watching this movie <laughs> And then when watching it, I actually enjoyed this one. I'm just going to put it out there right now for my brothers. I liked this one more than the four-hour one. Of course you did. Because it yeah. was two hours Ooh. less of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I am not surprised surprise by that nobody. at all. No, not even a little bit. The colors are brighter. It's cheekier. It There's some like fun references to the comic books that didn't make it into the other ones. So mm -hmm. that's my two cents. So how do we want to talk about it? <laughs> Outside of just regular feelings, right? Like, all right. So who did, so, all right, Ben, we know that you didn't see this movie when it came out. What about everybody else? Did anyone watch it in theaters? 
I don't believe I did. I think I bought it used at a uh, game video shop a year, a couple years after it came out. I think I watched it once and uh, wasn't. I didn't think it was horrible, but I think Marvel has just done such a better job building the backstory mm-hmm. of all these characters, and you throw all these characters that have you know wonderful histories, wonderful origins, you throw them all together without any of that to tie the uh, the viewers together. And, you know, I didn't have any any buy-in to the characters. I wasn't, like, emotionally right. connected to them like you do with some of the people that have, you know, two or three movies on their own. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Aquaman movie, which is, is goofy and cheesy, but I think it's well done and provides a good background. And I wish they had... I wish they hadn't rushed everything to put it out and try to compete when they didn't do the legwork yeah. needed to do the to get solo there. movies yeah. first. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always, I mean, I always found that was such an interesting, so I know part of the reason why the WB wanted to do this route instead of going the, the, the Marvel cinematic universe route was because they wanted to kind of differentiate themselves. So it's just like, let's just throw them all into a movie first together and then we'll tell everyone's individual story. And now we know that in practice, that was just a huge mistake because just like we have no connection with these characters. Even yeah. Batman, who we have seen in many different movies, because Batman. he's so different here, we don't have that yeah. same connection. Yeah, yeah. He's he's much different in this, and he's you know I I like Affleck as the Batman in these, but mm-hmm. he, it's not developed. It's not like put out there he's just kind of doing random things and there's not a lot of connection well the whole movie spends time with batman trying to backpedal his character to be something more familiar to the general audience as their batman wherein batman v superman he's uh, an antagonist with superman they're going head to head the entire movie he's angry he's killing people and now this movie, they're trying to brighten him up and be like, okay, he's a, the team leader. He's trying to rectify all that. And so it's asking us to change our opinion of a character that we haven't even learned what his status quo should be. And mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, no. it's really, I think he's the hardest character to connect with in the entire series because he's all over the place in any version of Batman that we've seen. I also don't like how thick his rubber neck is. Oh. <laughs> uh. That costume. So I actually am a fan of the costume design. I'm oh, no. not a fan of the... No, no, no. So I actually like the costume design in general. It's that neck piece. You're right. Yeah. Like the whole cowl. The fact that like they kind of went back and decided like we're not going to make him uh, as mobile as the design in the Dark Knight series uh, was kind of just a step back. It's just like we we know that like that giving the neck mobility makes the actor a little more uh, able to communicate a little better. And this one, you have to like move his shoulders and stuff. It's annoying. It was like a big step back in costume design. It was kind of disappointing. But I thought the color schematics for me, it all worked. Because he looked like, for me, his design really reminded me like something straight out of the comic books or even the animated series. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. Uh, I just, every time he takes his mask off and he's got the wide V-neck underneath, like where the cowl (laughs) should be, I'm like, no, 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 put it back on, put it back on. (laughs) I do like his uh, Um, trench coat. That's that's not in this oh, movie, from, Aaron. That's oh. in that the is. remake. No, it's in the it's in the Whedon one. That's the trench coat, the, yeah, the yeah. dream sequence, the first dream sequence. The dream sequence is in Batman v Superman. Yeah. And then again, oh, oh, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch Batman yeah. v Superman. I fell asleep. <laughs> so I watched them. That wasn't all, the assignment. <laughs> uh, leading up to this movie, I went through Man of Steel, 
Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, the original Justice League. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched in a while, but I watched the Snyder one twice. Um, I did go see twice? the original. Twice? Yeah, twice. Wow. <laughs> he hates himself. <laughs> no, I, I love, that is, I that love really fast, long man. movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did go see the original uh, Weenie Cut in the theaters with uh, the wife and the teenager. And uh-huh. I remember leaving, not disappointed, but just completely unsatisfied. It was like, okay, that was a movie. It was what it was. It was the first time, I think, that I did not immediately go out and buy it on disc when it was released. Right. Like, it, right. that changed. Even for Marvel movies, like, after that, I was just like, okay, I don't need every one of them. I'll come back to this movie later on and revisit it. And I didn't. I didn't, for quite a while, go back and rewatch mm-hmm. it. Um yeah, interesting. I actually, so I, me and Eddie got to see the movie theaters, but we actually got to see the movie for free because we got to attend a screening of this Ooh. that was hosted by this company. Awesome. And uh, thank God it was free because otherwise I would have been so angry. <laughs> like, I remember that being the reaction. Like, we both laughed and we were just like, wow, I cannot wait to not see this with friends. Because, like, uh, I think I had one friend who was considering watching this in the theater, like, opening weekend. But that was our thing back then, right? When when we could go to movie theaters, go right. to the opening weekends. It was always a fun thing. Uh, this one was, I think, but in, I think for the most part, though, Batman v Superman did leave such a sour taste on the route that we were really considering not. Most of us, like, my group of friends is usually four of us. I think only one of us was still down to see like this Justice League in theaters, and that was only yeah. just to see like can it redeem itself. And uh, the answer was no. But keep in mind, like I also read a lot of the trade magazines uh, for Hollywood and a lot of those gossip rags, and I happen to know a lot of the behind the scenes drama that was going on for Justice League. Right. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, well, that studio, lasso of truth kind of brings a lot out in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so yeah. what happened was the studio was really interfering with uh, with Snyder. They were already on shaky ground after the disappointing box office returns from Batman v Superman, but they were already well in production for Justice League. And then Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide, and after she committed suicide, he took a, he, he and his wife, who's one of the producers, took a step back from the production of justice league and i think at this point it was in post-production oh right and then of all yeah and then of all people they decided to bring in was joss whedon i remember reading that Mm -hmm. i was like this is an interesting choice that's such a big difference and you know he had just uh, you know i don't think he had just left the avengers but he was you know he did bring us the first avengers movie so it's just like all right let's see uh let's see what happens here right and uh yeah Yeah, because the first first one was good (laughs) yeah yeah, that's true. You're right. The first one is good. The second one is kind of forgettable. Uh, Age of Ultron. You know, I'm like kind of, all right. So when this announcement happened, I was obviously not happy about how Zack Snyder got off of the project, but I was not a fan of Zack Snyder's handling of the DC universe in general. I think he's a little too heavy handed with his symbolism. I think he's a little too heavy on the color grading. A little. <laughs> <laughs> He, he takes himself way too seriously for a series that, like, doesn't have to... It, I, I get it. I think DC tries to... Uh, usually tries to make themselves, like, really gods amongst men. And they have, like, these three... The three, the Trinity, is, like, so much holier than thou than any Marvel character. Right. And uh, it's always been... There's always been a disconnect with, I think... Uh, with the general audience versus the DC audience, right? Like, DC audience will eat that shit up. But I think general... Generally speaking, like most people will gravitate towards like the fun and levity of a Marvel character over 
right. over the DC ones, despite the fact that everyone knows the big three. Everyone knows Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, right? Uh, but I think people would still prefer to like both either read or watch movies of the other ones that are a little lighter, a lot more fun. Except with the exception of Batman, obviously. Um, where am I going with all this? I'm sorry. I'm like ranting. Yo, you're good. So <laughs> that, that's totally time. the format of our podcast. We just say whatever we want, and then we figure it out later. So you're yeah, we you're just move on to something else. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, no, yeah, I think I'm just saying is oh okay, yeah. So I was upset. Obviously, like uh, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers for Zack Snyder's daughter. But like in my, you know, what I was also thinking was just like, okay, great, he's off this project. Finally, uh, and then they brought in Josh Whedon. I think my reaction was just like, okay, this is a good sign. This could be a good thing. Yeah, Until right, you realize, absolutely. like, when they said they're going to reshoot, and then you also find out, oh, by the way, Henry Cavill isn't going to be shaving his mustache <laughs> that he's using for, for Mission Impossible. Okay, that's so the question then becomes, like, well, do we need the reshot? Like, we can't just re-edit? Like, the movie is supposed to be in post. Why? And this is coming from me as someone who works in the industry who understands, re- uh, like, editing and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, you could still... Re- you could take that four-hour original cut of Zack Snyder and still trim it down mm-hmm. to give you that same story without four hours of it. So right. the amount of directing I, I... that goes on in the editing room is substantial mm-hmm. for a movie, and it could have been Whedon's cut of the movie just using the footage that was already done. But instead, Correct. they uh, yeah. they filmed a new movie almost for the original mm-hmm. version. And yeah, and my assumption does now actually Nicole, you're the one who usually gets these facts right. Who is the yeah. final director, who's the director that shows up on Justice League? On the, the tag, original one? It was he, Zack Snyder, yeah. He, yeah. yeah, it is yeah, still Zack retained. Snyder. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. He retained the right. Okay, that means in terms of directing, Joss Whedon didn't do... Because there's, there's like a rule. There is... Uh, if a certain director ends up directing... If two directors end up splitting the work 50-50, uh, the credit goes to no one. I think it goes to like a made-up name in the guild huh. that gets that credit. Interesting. And uh, yeah, it's like an inter- I forget the name, but there's a one movie I think that uh, that happened that also got nominated for an Oscar. But I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe not nominated for an Oscar, but it had come up before. But anyway, I don't think it was uh, either yeah. of these movies. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And you're actually you're actually thinking of Gone Home and uh, Wizard of Oz, but we'll, we can skip over that. <laughs> okay. So Joss <laughs> got writing credit. He he's credited oh, as one okay. of the writers, which I guess would make sense if he came in and rewrote stuff. But I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's just how they wanted to do it. Um, so I watched the Whedon version after the Snyder version, and I was really surprised that there were scenes in the Whedon version that were nowhere in the four hours. I was like, how much freaking footage mm-hmm. was made for this movie? Mm-hmm. Because like you guys yeah. had said, you could have just chopped down the four to two Ooh. and had a movie, but apparently it was too disjointed or too crazy. Um, I did enjoy... But again, I'm coming from the perspective that A, I love bright colors, and B, <laughs> I was watching it second. And so I enjoyed the Whedon version because I already knew what the big picture was. It felt like I it felt like the Snyder version was reading the novel, and then the Whedon version was the movie of the novel. Oh, that makes of sense. the novel. Because it you know oh, how that, movie yeah. versions are gonna be shorter and you know, a little different tonally. Um, so I enjoyed it in that sense. And I one thing I really liked that I think we can start getting into some characters and some choices. I liked Lois Lane in the Whedon version 
more than in the Snyder version. Because in the Whedon version, she let him know, like, hey, you're brought back for a purpose. And she also was still going to work. Lois Lane is not going to lay in her bed and not go to work. I did not buy that for a second. So for me, something that I enjoyed in the Whedon version more than the Snyder was the use of Lois Lane because I was so frustrated in the Snyder version. When Clark came back, they went to all this damn trouble to get Clark back. Then he flies off and they're like, okay, plan B. I'm like, no plan B. Well, he played with some butterflies first. Yeah, digitally put in butterflies that weren't in the Whedon version. So that's my two cents of like something I enjoyed about the Whedon that was very different. I thought was Lois. What about you guys? Any uh, any characters or things that you enjoyed or particularly didn't enjoy about the Whedon version? Well, I'm glad you brought up Lois uh, because I, I agree uh, on the initial watching of the movies that uh, I think she gets back into the world and is a little bit more of that hardcore Lois Lane that defines the Lois Lane character in Superman She references comics. being a reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. But upon reading, like I went back and reread The Death of Superman, The World Without, and the, I'm reading The Reign of Superman. Jake, currently. I never want to hear you're busy again. You got too much time on your hands. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. So... In the world without Superman, which is the aftermath of his death, Lois Lane acts a lot like she does in the Snyder movie. And that made me appreciate a lot more. Like, she shuts down and doesn't know what to do at the loss of her fiancé and the world's, you know, leading superhero and dealing with the duality that she was engaged to Clark Kent and, you know, in love with Superman. For our listeners and our East Coast friends, I rolled my eyes so hard right now, but (laughs) go ahead, Jake. I believe you. I'm not going to read it. (laughs) Of course you're not. We were way past that in our timeline. But um, (laughs) I I think that there is something well done to... I I love when uh, Martha comes to visit her I wish they didn't pull that switcheroo that they did with Martha in the Snyder version, but we'll get to that. Um, Martha! But I like that uh, it shows some humanity. Like, there, there's a, a big lack of humanity in these characters, and Lois Lane does get to uh, be one of the, the humans that we get to connect to. And I think it's, it's one... Rolando, you were talking about the difference between the DC and then the lighthearted Marvel um, I think the Marvel has a humanity uh, that the DC movies have always lacked because it's hard to connect with these godlike characters. And I think bringing Lois in and, and showing that vulnerability does help a little bit because the world is grieving and we get to grieve along with them via Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And so I forgot what either Lois Lane, to be quite honest. I think so. I think the reason why either is fine is because we've only had one Superman movie and then one. Batman Superman movie, right? And Lois Lane and Clark Kent's relationship really didn't by the time Batman v Superman started, like they were already like in a committed relationship and stuff, but like, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't the same kind of relationship that I saw like let's say with Iron Man and Pepper Potts. Right. Right. right? It wasn't developed. Where yeah. So like if Pepper Potts got a movie where like now after Iron Man is dead, after Infinity Wars, right? Seeing her grieve, that makes sense to me because I have seen this relationship from like beginning to end. And where where this Lois Lane one is just like okay, uh, watching her grieve makes sense, but like seeing her grieve for such a long time, I was thinking when I was watching the new one, the Snyder Cut, I was just thinking it's just like I don't know, but like didn't they 
they kind of have been together that long. So what's this deep love that they have for each other? I'm w- Despite I'm, the fact that I know the history. Yeah, I'm wondering you know, if they're know, you know. they're taking into account or thinking that the viewers of this had seen like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies where that relationship mm-hmm. is fully developed and that they've seen mm-hmm. the backstory and because. Uh, and know that that's that relationship has been more developed in previous movies by you know mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, it was so I'm wondering if they're thinking that way. I didn't pay too much attention in the Lois Lane because she didn't have one of those slow motion cut CGI scenes. <laughs> that's so not I true. Really... She slow motion put her <laughs> coffee down, and I watched a, I watched a review where someone's like the Zack Snyder version gives as much attention or like it takes as long for Lois to put her coffee down as it does for Flash to go back in time. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Nicole, uh, what, I mean, what say you of the Snyder cut of the, because I know this is like, I mean, you must be, God, you you, you spent seven hours watching these two movies. So tell yeah. me, I know you. So I'm very much, I'm a, I'm an outsider in the sense where I am not the type of person who like watches a lot of superhero movies. Um, I only saw the Batman versus Superman movie for the podcast and stuff. <clears throat> I haven't seen, I haven't seen Wonder Woman, which I feel like I would probably like and stuff. The first one is better than else. everything we're talking about. <laughs> Agreed. That's, I've heard it's very it's, good. Um, it's true. I, the last Snyder film that I saw was Watchmen, which I was not a fan of at all. Um, so just like going into this, I was like, ugh, right? <laughs> but surprisingly, I might surprise you guys. I actually, uh, I think the Zack Snyder film is better. Um, and then the Whedon weird Hollywood one. And it, it's really interesting because it also, it kind of brought up this interesting conversation I had with myself, which is, you know, what makes a film good? Cause they're coming from two completely different types of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hollywood released Whedon one is all about story, pushing the story forward, constantly moving, montaging, just making sure you're getting all this information that's important to the story. Whereas mm-hmm. Snyder's one is more focused on character and, and weird shit, atmosphere. Yeah. And it's so self-indulgent. I mean, this could have been like two and a half hours if you took out like that random scene of Aquaman drinking whiskey for like two minutes by the mm-hmm. ocean. You know, shit like that could have been taken out. Like, Schneider is so self-indulgent, and he's a little pretentious, but I actually appreciate it. Actually, he's really pretentious. pretentious. (laughs) Uh, But I actually really appreciated the fact that he wasn't as concerned with story, because I think that, at the end of the day, people are a little too concerned with moving the story forward. And I think that's a very American way of making a film is that Americans prioritize story. If you kind of like look at other, if you look at international films, you find a lot of other countries don't care as much about story. They care more about atmosphere Mm -hmm. and they care more about characters because, you know, you're watching a film. It's more about the visuals and stuff. It's not as much about the story. There should be a story because then what the hell Mm -hmm. are you watching? But then that's Mm -hmm. also an art conversation. So it's, I think that it's interesting too, because, there's good things about both films and then there's there's not so good things, but when it's like really just like dissecting the differences for me at least between certain sequences. And a big one for me was the bank heist from of Wonder Woman that yeah. she like yeah. saved. Um yeah. from the Whedon versus the Snyder one, where overall the Snyder one, the way that that was built, you know, like the the atmosphere of like those children, right? They had their fear 
of what was happening to them was so present in the Snyder one where you didn't even realize that there were all these hostages one and the Whedon one until like after Diana got the information out of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in mm-hmm. terms of the like what the people who are there who are present were feeling, uh, the overall like tone of it, you know, like even though, you know, the guy with the gun and the music playing was like I was like obviously really self indulgent. <clears throat> At the end of the day, you actually felt that fear. I don't know. I personally did. Oh, and I agree completely. What was going on better? Um, another one that I just want to point out to you. I'm kind of like going on because I have my notes right in front of me. You're good. But like <laughs> the story of Stephen Wolf, as told by Diana to Bruce, right? One sitting in the Snyder film, and you really get a sense of all the different, you know, the Atlanteans. Right. Uh, that there is fucking Zeus and Ares there. Uh, <laughs> humans and amazonians and they all came together and there's this big whole thing you actually you you understand what's going on you understand like how they all banded together to save this but in the weeded one first of all he like makes them go by a lake like he breaks up the story which is weird like it wasn't in one sitting it was like constantly moving which is also yeah. why was that necessary and there was more jokes in there too mm-hmm. um but i felt like the story wasn't as clear which is interesting because the Whedon yeah. ones is more about story and pushing it forward. Well, I, uh, so I actually disagree with you, Nicole. I don't think the Whedon one is about story. I think it's about beats. It's about hitting those beats to get you to the next part. They don't, I don't even think they cared about story because I don't remember the story that well from the Whedon cut. Yeah. Like, I can't mm-hmm. tell you really? why they were trying to get the mother boxes. I can tell you, but because uh, the mother boxes, I don't even think played as big of a They were like the, they were a MacGuffin, sure, but like even to the point where they weren't related to how Superman came back to life, right? Like, yeah. it was, uh, you know, you could just tell how they, this was, so yeah, I don't think it's story per se. I think it's about, mm. it's about, it's, it's more so about hitting those beats, like getting you to the next part, like the exposition dump, and now we're going to get this band together, we're right. going to hit that That's all story. across. The highlight reel. Exposition dump is story. No, no, yeah, yeah, I, but I also think at the same time, the story, is, so I, maybe, and this is just me, like from my school of thought, where I think story is more so, the story is not necessarily the plot, right? I think the beats usually relate with the plot. The story overall, I think, includes character development, includes, like, uh, what's it called? The journey. Where the plot <laughs> is, like, yeah. So for me, like, so, uh, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, how to t- say a good example. All right. So the, uh, a story is me going to a party and getting so drunk that I throw up, right? Like, that's just a story. The journey is more so of me, uh, the story of me deciding to go to the party, and then the next day after that party, the repercussions of that party, right? That would be, that That for me is a, that, did I say that right? The plot, I'm sorry. No, the plot is me just going to a party and getting drunk. That's a plot. Uh, yeah. Would you, would you classify this party as a gala? <laughs> or a gala? <laughs> oh, yeah, in my, in my fantasy, for sure. Uh, that gets, like, a bank robbery. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, for sure. Uh, but no, and then the story for me is, though, like, me waking up saying I want to go to a party, and then next day, after getting drunk at that party, dealing with those repercussions. That story. Does that make sense? I, I, there is a little bit of a difference, and I think the, the, the weeding cut really focuses more so on, like, those hitting those beats and just making sure just really really just like throwing you on a ride that like by the end you're just like oh Mm -hmm. like check boxes he's like marking off the boxes um so for any of our regular listeners this is what people who know what they're talking about sounds like um (laughs) (laughs) 
we're usually Only like nominally. colors batman <laughs> you suck <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean i i just want to come back to rolando because that is actually interesting and i i think we agree in different ways because mm-hmm. i guess you know in the first five minutes uh it's all about you know we're putting together a justice league i'm bam i'm trying to find uh barry allen is it barry allen yes yeah. yep. barry allen. Good yeah. job. Very good thank you they he call him barry my allen favorite. You said he okay. was your oh, favorite? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite just because I love Ezra Miller. I mean, come on. Ezra let's Miller. let's talk about let's Wait, talk about the Flash. So the Flash Wait, is the uh, only reason I wanted to watch this movie originally. Um Ezra Miller is on the queer spectrum, right? He is, but is yeah, he also he is. problematic because he like literally verbally like physically assaulted someone? Oh. Okay. I thought he was canceled for that. He like physically oh got God. drunk and physically <laughs> <laughs> Well, never mind. <laughs> well, we're talking about the Flash and, and his character in these movies very much reminded me of Tom Holland's Peter Parker, the the naivete, the the growing up, mm-hmm. the just the kind of persona that he had in in the Marvel movies. So I just I thought there was a connection to how uh, they were trying to have uh, the Flash be played out in these. I I felt like he was super neurotic. Uh, it didn't to me seem like he was teeny. Like so from the from the Snyder cut, it felt like he was being like the the comedy relief. Like okay, you got to yeah. get this in here. Mm-hmm. But in the Whedon cut, Definitely. where it's all lighter, he just sort of felt like he was like there was something different about him. You know, there was just oh, like I thought, yeah, I thought he was on the spectrum. Uh, thank I you. Yes, I did too. I, yeah. I was like, oh, are we getting our first autistic superhero? Because I'm super into that. Thank you for saying yeah. it. <laughs> but sure. yeah, that's I, what I mean, I, I, I thought he I thought he was playing it like he had Asperger's or something. Yeah. Like Sheldon yeah. from like Absolutely. Movie, right? Like something he's not like he's not, you know, that's so far off the spectrum that he, he can't function, but like clearly doesn't understand social cues, that kind of stuff. At least that's how they edited him in the weaving cut. I will agree with you on that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't just seeing that. My <laughs> my husband actually brought it up. I was like, "Oh, you're right. It's it's he he's coming across very differently in these two versions." Well, and mm-hmm. as an yeah. acting choice, I I can get on board with it. Like, you're if his mind works as fast as his body does, like he's processing information at a different rate than anybody else is. And I like yeah. where he went with that character, but he does not feel like a Barry Allen to me. And if you're going to put the Justice League together for the very first time in cinema, I want I want the Barry Allen. I don't think we've actually seen a live action Barry Allen that that is anywhere near what the comic book. No, because the one on the TV show, in my opinion, is very much written like Wally West. Right, mm-hmm. and because Wally West was the Flash of the '90s, that's the Flash that so many people are familiar with, and so many people want to be harkened back to, and that's the general consensus of our age group of what Flash is. That they keep melding that into the Barry Allen story. Um, I was very happy that we got the Iris West scene in the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the the best Flash scene of the entire movie. I agree. I love when uh, he touches uh, yeah, Wiener. For sure. <laughs> uh, wait, question. Which Barry, which Flash is in the Justice League TV show? Like so, the animated. Oh, the TV the show? The unlimited? That's Wally West. Oh, that's Wally West. Yeah. Okay. I like that Flash. Like this yeah. kind of womanizer, fast talker. Fun. Voiced by uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Fun fact. Yes, it's true. Michael Rosenberg or Rosenbaum. 
Rosenbaum, I think. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed your guys' uh, Superman episode that Nicole set out for. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not because you. you set out, Nicole. Not because you set out. Wow. No, no. I just, I love Smallville. I'm so sorry. I love Smallville. So I was like, I got to listen to this one. And uh, I needed an excuse to just talk about hot men for like a whole hour. I get it. I get it. I was doing dishes and I was like, oh, I don't agree. That's a four star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so definitely if you, uh, if you want to listen to that episode, you guys should look it up. But um, I will say I was very disappointed in that episode when you called, um, when you said that Lois referred to Clark as Kansas because it was very clearly she referred to him as Smallville, which is... It's Smallville, yes. <laughs> I think I called myself. <laughs> you did. Anyways, enough razzing on that. So we've done Flash. Any big differences you guys want to talk about? Um, did you say besides Flash? Yeah, I mean, or, you can, we, if you have more about Flash, by all means... Oh, no, no. Oh. I actually wanted to uh, talk about <clears throat> the character of Cyborg. Um, oh, yeah. And how oh, differently yeah, I thought about yes, that please. character. Yeah. From Snyder to uh, Whedon. I think, according to Fisher, apparently, the only scene of his directed by Snyder, which was in the theatrical cut, uh, cut <laughs> was him meeting up oh. with Batman and Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Uh -huh. um, so the rest of all of his other stuff was reshot. Yeah. So yeah. knowing oh, that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and then knowing that and watching the Snyder Cut, which overall, just like the buildup of that character and his backstory, mm -hmm. uh, I actually really appreciate it. You know, it's like we're getting a little information here and there. We're like kind of like learning what's his deal. And then you find out, you know, his whole how he died and all of that. Um, I thought it was actually way more impactful, which I thought was really surprising because, you know, mm -hmm. the one thing I always felt about Snyder was how cold he was. He doesn't really understand like, you know, like people's emotions, mm -hmm. uh, which is why his films don't have these great sense of humor. Uh, and they just kind of are more so about like the dark quote unquote grittiness of it. And like, spectacles. yeah. And Snyder's very much like that guy who just kind of like got a camera and was like, oh my God, I could do slow motion. Oh my God, when I throw water, you could see all the particles. Like he's just like <laughs> so... <laughs> He's so enamored with like how what film can do, which is like cute in some ways, but then not, that's my big word of him is overindulgent and self-indulgent right. because it's also like, okay, it's not great to do this anymore. Also, the scene with Barry Allen and that girl when he like got her out of the car and he played with her hair was super creepy, but that's <laughs> less thing i want to say about her. Uh, because he's in love he's gonna fall in love with her iris that's yeah his true love yeah falls in love with the blink of an weird. eye it's cute i mean yeah, i don't yeah, think there was a i thought it went like two seconds too long yeah i actually yeah it was hot dog and then i was like okay well with the hot dog actually yeah i thought he was gonna do something funny where he's gonna take the hot dog and kind of stick it in her mouth i was just like this is gonna be that would have not been okay that would have definitely that's a no-no. <laughs> um, I do want to say something about the cyborg because that, that was my that was my issue with uh, the Josh Whedon uh, cut was that cyborg was the character that was a missed opportunity there was mm -hmm. not developed. I saw yeah. all this potential in this character, and I love the character cyborg period from the comics, and um, and I just saw what a waste, especially having this like element of like. When you feel like you have like body issues because of your, you're like, like you're like Frankenstein, and and it's your dad yeah. that put you in this situation, and so you have like these all these body issues and dad issues uh, mixed together, and nothing gets said. 
uh, as character is just in one scene and another, and nothing is experienced from him or, or seen through his eyes. But when we have uh, this Justice League um, Snyder cut, um, now this character so much more. He becomes almost like the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get his journey. You know, you get his mm-hmm. journey, and you get this yeah. like, even though it's not, uh, it's not um, so much to say. It's not like a father and son happy ending, but there is this process of healing. You know, what? and he doesn't become like he's. And what I was speaking to Rolando earlier is like he's he's angry, and his angry at one point made him paralyzed, but now he had a mission, and he used that anger and he focused it to to become a hero, to become courageous. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he actually ends up being the backbone of the entire movie. His relationship and story with his father progresses the actual story beats much better in the Snyder Cut than it does in the Weed. And we we understand what mm-hmm. Star Labs is doing with the mother boxes. We understand more about what the mother boxes are capable of through his father's work, their relationship, and Cyborg's reluctancy to become a hero is all what this movie is about, is Batman trying to pull these guys together to be a team where they don't want to be a team. And when he finally joins them up, he brings the mother box, you get this this sense that everything's finally coming together. And Mm -hmm. that impact in those moments feels a lot more earned in the Snyder Cut than it did in the Whedon. Like in the Whedon, you're just getting, like you guys said, all of those those highlight reel beats, and it's like, okay, well, I'm just following along, and you're going to tell me what I need to well, feel when I need when to feel it. you have two extra hours. I do agree with mm-hmm. what you guys are saying, and I do think Joss is obviously problematic and made some weird choices, but I do think that had there been, I don't know, a Teen Titan movie before this, or uh. Cyborg was, shut up, Aaron, Cyborg was introduced <laughs> in something else, I feel like... Part of the thing is going back to how we didn't get these characters ahead of time. Like, had we had more story with him beforehand, I would have been like, okay, we don't need as much time in this two-hour Justice League movie. But we were introduced to him in this, so we had to get that whole background. So I'm not disagreeing with you guys, but I think the fact that it was two hours didn't help the situation Um, Whereas with the four-hour version, but with the four-hour version, it also took a freaking hour and a half for him to even show up more than just standing by the closet. But... (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, I will say this. Uh, Well, I actually want to ask everyone this one question I did have when I was watching this one and and after seeing, like, oh, wow, Ray Fisher really became, like, front and center of this movie more so than Joss Whedon one. Mm -hmm. And there have been outcries of some racism, accusations, uh, and uh, it... Uh, for me, I actually one of the things I pointed out I was like, do you think? And I'm not, I'm not putting the full onus of this on Joss Whedon because the studio interfered a lot. But do you think uh, that racism may have played a little bit of a role? Maybe not racism, but the fact I, I think for me it wasn't so much about racism. I think it just happened to be a black character that ha- it happened to. But I always thought that the assumption was that the reason we cut out so much of Cyborg storyline was because. If, if anything, if audiences were anything like me, they probably react to you like, "Who the fuck is audience? Uh, who the fuck is Cyborg? And why do I care?" Well, mm-hmm. you know, because I was my reaction when they said it's like Cyborg is going to be one of them, and I remember the New Fifty Two when they made Cyborg part of the Justice League, and I'm just like, Ugh, "Why? <laughs> like, why?" Uh, that's always been my reaction with Cyborg, and 
I, I just wondered. It's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, he was, of course, he is, of course, the only real person of color in that entire cast. So, like, it is pretty damning that he is the one who gets, like, his storyline basically cut out of the, the first, the first, you know, the actual cut. So, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think it was racism? Do you think it was, like, more fear about having uh, a cyborg presence center? I, I kind of, I think it goes back to the, there was no frame of reference for anyone seeing him he hadn't been in anything mm-hmm. before and i think i don't in my opinion i think making him front and center without having any kind of established story people are gonna be like why are we watching who is this we haven't seen this guy before hasn't been any of the mm-hmm. batman movies any of the superman movies it's just showing up i don't know i'm sure there probably were some racial undertones because that's how our society unfortunately is but i don't i don't know that's not the first thing that came to my mind i think it was the um, the lack of people knowing and relating to that character because he hadn't been in anything. I think his right. market probably was smaller for uh, like people that are going to set out to go see a movie just for Cyborg. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's multiple factors. Um, I definitely see what you guys are saying. I did notice that in the Whedon version, he what? He got his leg or his arm or something ripped off. I'm like, oh, so the only person who's taking substantial damage is the black guy. I did notice that. Um, yeah, that's also true. But I, I, I like how he was handled in the Snyder version. But I still yeah. feel like four hours is too long for a movie. <laughs> so I think asking no, yeah, people I, to, I, I, res- with you. I definitely think there's those undertones, and Whedon, of course, has the background with that actor. Yeah, it's a loaded question. I get it. Uh, I don't, you know, I wasn't there. I don't have answers either, right? So none of, none of us do. Uh, but yeah, it was something that did cross my mind because as someone who's a little privy to the gossip, I was just wondering, she's like, huh, I wonder how much racism did play a role, if any, into this decision. Because like that was the, 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 the way that they handled Cyborg from uh, the first cut to the, to, the, to the Snyder cut, very, very different. And it was a little jarring. Yeah, that was just like, that was just one of the things I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's watching it, having heard everything after, like having heard the real life situations, w- makes it impossible for me to really analyze it with a fresh mm-hmm. perspective. Because I was mm-hmm. watching it being like, Gur, Whedon, you've disappointed me, you know? So I'm yeah. watching it in a different yeah. way. Um, I do think without that, I still would have been like, oh, ripped off his arm, or, you know, I still would have been upset mm-hmm. by that. Um, well, yeah. that, that transition is something I wanted to ask the group. Like, so in watching the Snyder cut, whether or not you watch the Whedon version, um, you know, when it came out or building up to it or like Ben did after it, there was a four year buildup with the hashtag release the Snyder cut. Like this is something that mm-hmm. fans demanded. They called for, they bullied the studio into doing finally, do you th- what kind of impact did that have on you while you were watching it? Like the anticipation of this. I know for me there was some anticipation. I was looking forward to seeing what was supposed to be the original cut of this movie. Was supposed to be the the you know the launching point for more of the Snyder verse, which you know I'm not a hundred percent on board with, but I wanted to see what he actually intended to do with the movie. And so right. when I sat down to watch it, I had, like Ben said, all of the stuff that we've been reading about Fisher and Whedon and most of the cast leaving WB and going on to other product projects because of what happened with this movie. But I was I was excited to experience the buildup 
and to see if it could stick the landing after four years of conversation about it. Did you guys, uh, had you been keeping up with what was going on with all of that going into uh, the actual release on HBO Max of it? I followed somewhat on uh, Twitter and everything, just kind of keeping an eye on it. And I I think I wanted to, like you said, Jake, I wanted to see, uh, is it going to be better than the the first one? Is it going to be something worth seeing? Is there, I was looking to see, are they going to develop the characters more? Are there going to be more backstories where we can feel more invested in some of these people that have just showed up? Yeah. Did you tweet? Did you tweet the hashtag? I I did not. No, no, I did not. (laughs) uh, So you were excited, but but did you want it? I did not want it. I don't need it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't care one way or the other. I was like, well, if I got four hours to kill, I'll watch it. But Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to go back to a non-connected DC universe. Just give me a bunch of random ass superhero uh-huh. movies and maybe have a character pop in every now and then. But I don't need the connected multiverse idea. But that's, that's just me. Oh, I had no idea about... Uh, um, drama. Only, only upon my research did I find out that that is why the Snyder Cut came out. So, um, but I'm, I'm actually looking at them. You know, like I, I watched them this week, and I just watched them as films. And I'm actually kind of glad that people were able to do that and get this film because I actually think it kind of redeems the original film in a way. Wait, I think would, uh, if you, you think the Snyder film, if if you're in agreement with me that the Snyder film is superior to the the Hollywood cut, and I call it the Hollywood cut because it's, I'm sure it's yeah. more than just Josh right. Whedon who's put their oh, hands no, yeah, in that. Right, right. Um, I think that you know the the Justice League film had such a bad reputation that this new four hour cut that's just you know, I think it does kind of in a way redeem it. So maybe I'm alone yeah. in that opinion. But, um, no, actually, Nicole, yeah. so I agree. So this is coming from me as a content creator filmmaker, right? And we've talked about this on podcasts. We, we've seen what happens when the studios interfere and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the creatives buckle to that pressure, right? This is the one praise I will give the Zack Snyder cut. It is his vision. It is, yeah. he, and he, it, is his, it is his vision, and he stuck to it. And you know what? I can't fault him for that because, like, as a filmmaker, that's all you can ask for, right? Like, yeah. there was actual conviction in his filmmaking mm-hmm. that you see from beginning to end whether or not i like it, it doesn't matter this is his this is his work right and for me as a filmmaker i respect that as opposed to seeing that hollywood camel that was the first justice league cut right and Cam so Hodge, yeah Hodge. i part- yeah yeah i participated in that i participated in that release of snyder cut only because I, as, uh, as you know, someone who's been doing this pod, uh, our podcast for a while now, like, I just happen to see, like, what happens when Hollywood is either trying to please everyone and, like, not really sticking to any principle in storytelling or, like, uh, or, or vision. And, uh, yeah. you know, what we get is, like, these kind of movies that are so flimsy, flimsy, interchangeable that, you know, are just, like, garbage. And, uh, absolutely. You know, I think that's that's and so this is why I actually want I'm so glad we really we're getting a chance to actually talk about this because I think this is a case study that I feel like filmmakers might study this down a few years from now because like this is interesting. Like right? this is you're seeing the industry versus the filmmaker here on some level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And you know, the two very different things. 
Right. Like, I think this coming out near the quote-unquote end of the pandemic is helpful for it because I love y'all and I will read and watch and do what I need to. But if we weren't pandemic and you're like, we're going to watch this four-hour movie, I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, have fun with that one. (laughs) So... I do think the Snyder Cut is a better movie in the sense of you know what's happening, the whole thing, and it does stick with its, you know, theme and its vision. But as far as enjoyment, I definitely enjoy the other one more. Interesting. So I think Snyder is better, but I'm not going to watch either of them again. But if I were, (laughs) I already know the story, so I can watch the Cliff Notes Whedon version. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm definitely never watching. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, mean, but I will say this. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I will say this, though. Um, the movie came out at the right time because a lot of us are so stuck at home. Um, it's a four-hour cut of a movie that kind of is broken up into, like, six chapters, basically, right? Yeah. Um, five, if you don't want to count the epilogue, fine. Um, basically, more or less, me and Eddie did watch it kind of like we watched the first two parts, which is, like, an hour. And then we were just like, all right, I'm taking a break. And I was just like, we'll continue this tomorrow. And it felt like if I was just watching a Netflix TV show, which is more or less how people are watching. We are binging six hours of content at a time. Right. Yeah. Any given day of the week. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how is this really any difference? The only difference is that, like, you're watching uh, one story beginning to end, but, like, I would argue that, like, sometimes a season of a Stranger Things could be is, is that. No, I was just going to say, when you're stuck at home and you're not going to a theater, you're not stuck to that duration. Uh, you know, like, I think length at this point doesn't even matter. You know, the fact that it is like four hours is kind of in a way irrelevant um, to at least like overall like watchability of the film because like it's meant to be seen at home and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, and I know that they were going to do it as a mini series. Um, yeah. They kept it as a four hour film. And I don't know, like it's interesting how, even though like it's all streaming. So it is kind of like already mm-hmm. a mini series, especially with all those different parts, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, that's really interesting. And I I think the way my brain works, if it was released, doesn't work in episodes, sometimes it works. (laughs) If it was released in episodes, I wouldn't have complained about it. It's just the fact that they released it as one thing that my mind is like, that's too long. So I I totally get what you're all saying. I, I, I agree. But for whatever reason, a four hour one thing is a no for me. But if it was literally six episodes and they're like, okay, episode one, episode two, like I would have handled that better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did watch I, it in three nights. Uh-huh. We we broke it up by chapters. Yeah, yeah. we watched it over three yeah. days too. And I was explaining to yeah, my teenager yeah. that like this only happened now because it can go straight to streaming. Like if the theaters and everything were still open, they would never have released this four hour cut in theater because you're now trying to sell the one theater worth of seating over the length of two showings, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely there's just, true. There's no sale for that. So they let him do what they he wanted to do. For They gave him another $25 million to recut this movie, and they put it on HBO Max and hope that some more people subscribe just to watch this. But like, they didn't have to be slaves to the movie theaters, and he was able to do what he wanted to do then. And I think that's the only reason it happened. This is a a vehicle of the pandemic and would not have existed outside of it. Yeah. And I've actually been trying to find like some decent information for the streaming to see like how it has been doing. And I may have actually just found it. The justice league, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league drew a smaller streaming share, uh, defined by weekly percent share of time spent amongst us TV vision panel members. Then wonder woman, 1984 Judas and the black Messiah and Godzilla versus Khan. 
You said so it had less than those? It had less audio. Yeah, it, it had less of a share than uh, people who watched those those initial movies. Wonder Woman 1984, Judas, and The Black Messiah. This is coming from Variety, a uh, trade magazine that's respected in the industry. So, yeah, it turns out that, uh, you know, maybe people started it, but I guess you weren't. Right. Well, I also, like us, and we were just taking pauses, you know. Well, it could be that you know it's it's it is twice as long as all of those. So if you get fans also starting true, yeah. it, you know, you can watch two of the movies in the same amount of time that it takes to watch the Justice League, or yeah. even mm-hmm. more than that, because if you're spreading it out over set amount of time. And I know some of the like YouTube streaming and that kind of stuff, it only counts as a view if you watch a certain duration of it. And I'm not sure if that's, that's the same true. for yep. HBO. Whereas maybe if you watch it like we are in segments, maybe it doesn't count as a view unless you're watching a mm-hmm. significant portion of it at one time. Yeah. And yeah did they no, shoot I, themselves in the true. foot by releasing it once instead of doing an episodic release where you built some anticipation, you built some excitement as those uh, episodes came out over the course of four weeks or whatever it, it could have been instead of just dumping it it's the same you know the same argument for netflix or hbo shows that are like do we mm-hmm. give you the whole season up front so you can binge it or do we give you an episode every week and i think if you look at disney plus that's working better like there's conversations happening that get new viewers to come to the show as you go slowly but if you give it to everybody at once now everybody can talk about the entire thing and you can make a decision based on the whole show or movie whether or not you're going to go and experience it right it's one conversation versus six conversations exactly right and i saw so i actually saw a a study on this and they were actually using uh, i want to say the mandalorian the first season and the witcher because they both came out around the same time, more or less around the same number of episodes, to see like what had a little more longevity in terms of the metric. And the metric here, though, was unfortunately mostly uh, social media call-outs and discussions. It turned out that The Witcher still beat out The Mandalorian oh, wow. uh, hmm. in terms of actual longevity. And that would and uh, and that would be because even though it was you know, all episodes are dropped, they were dropped in different markets slower over time. Okay, they're not dropped everywhere at once. Uh, as opposed to Mandalorian, I think Mandalorian was dropped one episode, so you would get like that buzz for like that one day, that night it would drop, and then it would drop immediately. Whereas hmm. opposed that to uh, what they saw with The Witcher would be like almost like uh, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that diagram? The that that curve the curve the bell curve it would be more of a bell curve right so it was it's an interest that was an interesting study if i could find that link i'll send it to you guys because i think it's a fascinating read uh and it's just one of those things we're entering a new age of media consumption where like all these questions that we ourselves are asking as consumers and sometimes content creators like these are things that there are no answers to just yet i think it's going to take another 10 years before we have like solid evidence as to what is the best tactic to release a movie for a new generation of people who are consuming media in a very different way. Yeah. And it'll be completely different yeah. in 10 years. You know, the, the platforms will mm-hmm. be, uh, I mean, it's changing daily right now during the pandemic. So, you know, when we get out of this, it's going to, will we go back to theaters and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Those questions are still up in the air for what's going to end up happening. All right. So speaking of going mm-hmm. back, Jake, that is a lovely segue. Do we want, uh, what else do we want to say about these movies? <laughs> <laughs> We uh we did not unfortunately. I feel like it would have been really hard to do the plan of let's talk about the first one, then let's talk about the second one because you can't really you talk can't about really them talk without about comparing yeah. them. So, anyone have anything they want to say about these movies b- before we get to recommendations? 
<laughs> as you all flip through your notes. Uh, I do want to know why Martian Manhunter showed up for like all of one scene. And then... <laughs> sequels, Aaron, sequels. Two scenes. Two scenes. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, why are you throwing him in here? There's no point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Was he the seventh? I want to know. Do you guys remember the Unite the Seventh? Was he supposed to be the seventh one? A few different things that I've read that he was always planned on being that character that has been in the other two uh, Snyder movies in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, helping Lois and, and working with the government, that he was always going to be Martian Manhunter. But then the mm-hmm. original script for the end scene where he comes and visits Bruce, that that was going to end up being one of the Green Lanterns. And he was oh. that originally this was going to be a platform to have Manhunter as the seventh, which was the original tagline for this movie when it came out for the mm-hmm. first time, guys. And then there only ended up being six of them. That's what he's <laughs> referencing. Oh, wow. Uh, and then they were going to tease you at the end with yet another one. It was supposed to be Green Lantern coming down and being like, I've been off in space doing my own shit, but now I'm going to help you guys. Well, out. that makes sense because we saw the Green Lantern ring in both versions, actually, with the little yeah. fight sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of them got more time than the other one did. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. so they uh, apparently uh, WB, the one thing that I read about how it was supposed to be Green Lantern at the end, WB refused to let Snyder put him in to this recut of it. Whether or not that's wonder, true or not, I've wonder, only seen yeah. one source for it. So, huh. that's it. I mean, I believe it. I, I, you know, they were probably just like, this is costing us too much money already. I can't, we can't promise more movies that we just might not make, guys. So, like, no. Yeah. Take right. it off. And Green Take Lantern is such a touchy subject. Well, uh, the gr- first Green Lantern movie was so perfect. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Joking. I actually like that movie. <laughs> I, I mean, it's yeah, fine. I, mean, I like Blake Lively. You know? <laughs> well, I do have one last thing to say about the Snyder Cut that we didn't touch upon a little, and that is, uh, where the Joss Whedon cut was all about Steppenwolf, the Snyder cut makes it front and center. The big bad is actually Dark Side. How do you guys feel about that? Did we like it? Did we not? I'm mixed. Uh, the reveal was kind of not anticlimactic. It was like in the Marvel, we had Thanos appear in some of the cut scenes, and you get hints of him and his name dropped. That hadn't really been done. So I think they're trying to set it up for, you know, a showdown, probably movie or something down the line. I didn't I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like blown away by it because I don't think it was I liked it, but I didn't like that we didn't actually get a fight with him at the end. Right. I thought it was gonna be him and Superman uh-huh. and then Superman took out Steppenwolf. I was like, Oh, so this team is pointless when Superman can just do everything himself. <laughs> right. But right. which I, I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I love Darkseid. He's my favorite DC villain outside of the Joker or of the Batman Rogues Gallery. And so I was super happy that he was going to be a part of this. And that if you have the level of power that they've put in this movie with our heroes, that he really is the only villain that they can go toe to toe or that can go toe to toe with them. And so it. Also, the changes where he's the one that came to Earth to look for the anti-life equation. He's the one that Steppenwolf is working for very clearly. And Steppenwolf's motivations in the Snyder Cut then became very real. And actually, he became Mm -hmm. a a worthwhile antagonist, not just some guy obsessed with his mother that's in a box. And I... I like the changes on in the villains very much with the inclusion of Darkseid. And then Granny Goodness is there, and I got all geeky, uh, giddy and everything. Me, I, so I wanted... They didn't name drop her, though. I was so upset. 
would give her like one line of dialogue. Yeah. I wanted her, and I wish <laughs> I do wish she was a little older, a little stouter, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could forgive. I got to see her on screen. I'm okay with that. Right? Maybe like, in the uh, eight-hour version, they'll give her. That Rosie line. O'Donnell Maybe. should be at that monologue. age to be the perfect Granny Goodness, right? <laughs> she, she she could be. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one thing. Yeah, well, I, I just want to say the one the only beef I have with Dark Side though was that I think they made him a little too snarly. I kind of like my Dark Side to be a little bit more cool, calm, collected, yes. uh-huh. uh, yes. uh, yeah. very strategic, right? He didn't make him too much of a brawler, and I was a little bit I'm yeah. like, all right, whatever. His badassery should be not yeah, spoken. I, I prefer, like you should just I like be my scared dark of him. Brooding, also, you know, like all my heroes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But let me ask you something. What do you think? Of this. Say it's all right. That was it's terrible. Right. Horrendous. I'm offended. I'm it's appalled. Right. That was awesome. Yes. Yes. All right. So do we want to get into final recommendations? Nicole, you want to go first? This yes. is just um, this is I just a to, uh... Yep. Yeah, do... go for it, Ben. No, you're good. I was just gonna say this is just a quick like do you recommend it and to who? And then you can sneak out if you want. <laughs> I do have to get going, but I will say for my final recommendations, um, watch the Snyder Cut and then watch the Whedon if you want to watch both. Okay. Uh, but if you do want to watch one, I would say, and at your own pace, you should watch the Snyder Cut just because you, I think you get a better sense of, one, what's going on, and two, who everyone is and what their motivation is and what they're feeling internally. Uh, and don't mind the overindulgence. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you but for I joining also, us. Re- of course, Rolando said something a little earlier that I do want to also, for anyone who's interested, um, he said that from years from now, people will, or maybe even sooner than years from now, people will watch both films to see Hollywood versus Filmmaker. Well, if you are interested in that, there's actually a bunch of films from our past that you can watch. And what I will recommend to our audiences is Ooh. an Italian film called Terminal Station. You should watch that and then watch the American recut called Indiscretion of American Wife. They're, it's black and white, but they're both under an hour and a half. And you really, really get a good sense of Hollywood and trying to move the plot forward. And just another story that's told more so focused on characters and atmosphere. So if you're interested in that, once again, I will recommend Terminal Station and Indiscretion of an American Wife. Is there like and, uh, some yeah. podcast that they could listen to a discussion about those two <laughs> movies? <laughs> I mean, hey, Rolando, how um, open would you be to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well if said. you made me watch Justice League, I'm going to make you watch We it. should do it. it. We should do it. it. <laughs> well, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for me. All right, thank you so much, thank Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. And sorry I have to leave, but thank you so much. All right, Aaron, do you recommend this movie? Uh, Whedon, no. Snyder, yes. Okay, I recommend Maybe. neither oh. of them, but <laughs> the Whedon one made me happy with bright colors, and uh, that's my recommendation. I think the Whedon one's good for kids. I would, I would let kids watch it. I would not let kids watch the Snyder one because there were too many horses that died. Uh, one of my kids watched it with us so yeah 
<laughs> I'm impressed that your boys made it through the four hours, or one of them did. One of them did, yeah. That's still impressive for them. Yeah. Um, I, I would absolutely recommend it if you've been watching the other Snyder movies. If you want to get a, an idea of the DC connected universe, it is a great final chapter, if you want to consider it that. Um, it, it leaves a lot to be questions and, uh, and what could have happened. But I, I love Man of Steel. Batman v Superman is one of my favorite background popcorn flicks like it's not a great mm-hmm. movie but i just like having it on and I, I you know i'll pay attention to certain scenes um this one is gonna be right there with it like i could just have this on while i'm doing arts and crafts for four hours and and you know enjoy it I, so. i'm envisioning jake in arts and craft time for four hours watching this movie and it's well it's very scary they, they, what's going on they make us do arts and crafts every day at two o'clock and oh, we, have to, great. we have to come to the, to the hall and get together yeah. right what about you guys uh, I would say I, I, you know what I rec- I didn't think I was going to, but I came out of uh, Justice League Snyder Cut recommending it. I was like, you know what, split it up into two nights, three nights if you have to. It's actually, uh, I think it does a good job of kind of telling the story, and it made me satisfied at the end. I was just, I, I finished this thing. It's like, ha, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I finished this. It was an accomplishment. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, for me also, the Snyder Cut, I felt like I really kind of, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the fact it gave me uh, more of the story that I was missing out. And um, and it just worked perfect, like being a pandemic, being home. I already have watched everything else on Netflix. So <laughs> true. Uh, this was perfect to give me my superhero action. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Uh, yep. So for us, our next thing would be to bug Jake and say, hey, Jake. What's next? Well, uh, this is coming out during our season six. We're getting pretty close to wrapping up season six, which is villains have taken over our show. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly. Chaos, which, basically. It's either <laughs> in total. my final pick or Ben's final pick, uh, which you can listen to our last book review and catch up on which book we're actually going to be talking up. about. Nah. But, you know, <laughs> what's coming out on your show soon, guys? Um, what is, I think the next episode is Mortal Kombat, which I'm looking forward to because the first one is so bad but so good. Oh, yeah. and it gave us like one of the greatest songs ever, the Mortal Kombat. I still own that song. CD. Yes, I do. It's <laughs> so good. That that song still holds up. It's nice. so good. I still run to that song. Yeah, it, it, you still hear it on the radio or in the gym. Like that is a song that just will not die. So I'm so excited to talk about that. Uh, I don't know how the WB movie is going to be, but uh, if it's anything as campy as the original one, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I think it's going to be bloody. Very, very bloody. I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, Mighty Ducks will be there in the the following week. Oh, Uh, nice. If you guys don't know. Yeah, we've been watching the uh, Disney show. Oh, what did you guys think of it? Oh, I like it. We watch it, uh, the four of us at home. Yeah. So we've uh, we've been enjoying it. I think it's such a cute show. I'm actually very, very... I'm surprised. Oh, full disclosure. I've only seen D3, the Mighty Ducks. I haven't seen the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) I will watch the You haven't seen the original one? I have not seen the original one. I've only seen know. How are we married? <laughs> <laughs> How did you sneak this under the radar? Nice. So yeah, so I will catch up. But I, I'm looking forward now to seeing the Mighty Ducks because I think the the show is so cute, and I'm like, I think the kids are so great. They're so cool. Awesome. And so where can uh, where can our listeners find your podcast? Uh, you can find our podcast on our website, remakesrebootsrevivals.com. Uh, you can find us on your uh, podcast apps. 
you know, remix, reboots, and revivals. And uh, hit us up on Instagram, remix, reboots, revivals. Sweet. Well, guys, this was a lot of fun. We really appreciate that we finally were able to do this. Uh, we will send this episode out with Aaron. What did we learn today? <laughs> One of our uh, running things is that somebody will always screw up the end of our episode. So I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't said anything for a while on purpose. <laughs> That's fair. It's that time again. To do another one of our cute little skits? No, it's time to learn the day's lesson. And to find out what it is, we turn to the Wheel of Batman. Wheel of Batman. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Well, um, thank God it was free. I can't wait to not see it with friends. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, for the Brotherhood of Batman, I am Ben, your sunshine, and you goth ham. Thank you for listening. I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I'll clean us up. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to our guests. And yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Um, Jake, I'm the little brother. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having, having us. us. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again when uh, another eight hour movie comes out, and we no! have even more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Oats have been